Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, so I don't know if you – Ray, you didn't have your headset on there. I don't know, Mike, if you just heard that. Uh, Kyle, play that again if you would. Uh, all right, one sec. Okay. I, I want to hear that one more time. Okay, so hold the, on here. So, so – <laughs> What, what what the heck was that? All right, so for those of you who only listen to the radio station, you don't really get to hear that first voice who uh, who just asked Google who's going to win the Super Bowl. That would be the lovely voice of our morning show producer, Mr. Joe Wechter. Yes, lovely describes it. Yeah, 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 right. Uh, <laughs> and he just uh, he just sent me in that clip of audio, and uh, he, you know he wanted me to wanted me to let the airwaves know how Google was feeling. So, uh, so Google's going for the Eagles there, right? Is that a factor? Big, big um, deal. That's a big fact. Yeah, not in my mind. All right. Let's get back <laughs> to the agenda. Kyle, play the next one. Goff takes the snap, backs up, lets it fly, and it is intercepted. Intercepted. Running with the football is Blackberry, and Blackberry's in for the touchdown. Brad Pick Brad six. Brad James Blackberry. Brad Bradbury. At least I didn't say Blueberry. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about the BlackBerry <laughs> part. That's right. And BlackBerry's in for the touchdown. All right, I'm not making fun of Merrill. I love Merrill, but it was. <laughs> I am. I'm making fun of Merrill. What do you call him? Raspberry, <laughs> strawberry. <laughs> okay. I'll Come do... on. It was the first game of the season. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I do that at least ten times a game, a, a show, as you guys know. So I, I, you know, Mer- Merrill gets a, James a break on that. Boysenberry but with it, the touchdown. It was a great play. Uh, and there have been so many great plays by this secondary this year. It's another area where going into the year we didn't know what we had. It wasn't particularly good last year, and they've been brilliant this year. Mike, you you wrote a column on uh, BlackBerry this week. Uh, <laughs> let's you know just kind of give me your overall perspective on the secondary the Eagles bring into the game tomorrow. Yeah, it's as strong as it's been, I think, since probably the Super Bowl year. Uh, You know, you don't necessarily have a Malcolm Jenkins at safety, but the cornerbacks are terrific. I'd argue that James Bradbury, you know, and he was voted a second-team All-Pro, and I think that's deserved. I think for all the the laurels that Darius Slay got early on, I think Bradbury's been more consistent, more consistently good all year. As Ray referenced uh, earlier in the show, I absolutely think you're going to see him at least part of Sunday's game, on Travis Kelsey. He's got the size to be able to to cover a player like Kelsey. Uh, you've got depth now and a little nastiness with C.J. Gardner-Johnson back there, and Avante Maddox is an, is an excellent slot cornerback. Uh, between that and the pass rush, that's what you want. And I think, again, to bring this full circle to what we've discussed, you know, that's going to be the challenge for Andy. Is he going to be throwing the ball out of the backfield You know, to, to running backs 
to try to get favorable matchups against the the what two linebackers the Eagles might have on the field and TJ Edwards and Kaiser White uh, because that those are the soft soft targets of this defense the the secondary is not yeah I think that's true I think that's exactly right and if Andy's looking at this I don't think he's going to want to challenge Bradbury and Slay um, and I think that's going to be there's where your chess match really comes in is Gannon against Andy and how you, how the Eagles are going to deploy their cover guys against the weapons that the Chiefs have because they're they're uh, the composition of that of that offense is a little weird. It's it's so different than when they had Tyreek Hill. I mean, the, the wide receivers they have now aren't anywhere near him. I mean, they're more possession type of guys. Certainly, Juju Smith Schuster is like that. He only had three catches in the last two games. So it's an offense that runs through Kelsey, first of all, first and foremost. But then the backs out of the backfield are a big, big part of it. Uh, and you can do that if you're Andy. You can do that without challenging the corners. That's and I'm sure that's how he's going to want to try to do this. We're going to we're going to try and throw the ball 45 or 50 times, but not put it near the two cornerbacks because that's the strength of their secondary. So do you, you single? What, go ahead, hold on. Go do on. you single cover their wide receivers? I would. I would. I, I definitely would. One with a safety. Yeah, and I would. I would. I would double Kelsey in almost any circumstance with Bradbury and Edwards. Bradbury and Kaiser or, or, White or, or, or Gardner Johnson. Wow, with with a with a corner and a safety yeah, on a tight end because he's that good. I mean, you yeah. can't really define him by the typical tight end standards. I mean, he's mm. you know he is just. I mean, the guy caught 110 passes this year for 1,300 yards. I mean, he's yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's a tight end by designation. But he doesn't play like a tight end, and you can't play him like a traditional tight end. You have to do special things to deal with him. And you also have to understand that he is the fulcrum of their offense. They're not going to beat you running the ball, and they're not going to beat you throwing the Juju Smith-Schuster. If they're going to beat you, they're going to beat you with Kelsey. So you have to do everything possible to take him away. Yeah, I was just going to say, guys, it's an interesting comparison to the last offense that the Eagles played in the 49ers. And certainly there's no comparison between Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy or Josh Johnson or Jimmy Garoppolo or some guy off the streets of San Francisco who the 49ers might have had to use at quarterback. But in terms of the skill position players and the things that those offenses try to do, you know, George Kittle to Travis Kelsey Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey to some, you know, concepts that that Andy likes to use with his skill position guys and a, and a team with the 49ers where, you know, we were having similar discussions about how do the Eagles play them? Well, you know, does it work to their advantage that the Eagles corners are so good because the 49ers aren't going to want to go outside anyway? I think there's it, it's an interesting juxtaposition. I imagine in this case they're a little too smart to have the uh, to use their tight end to back Hassan Reddick, right one on one. They're not going to do that. I think not. I, that was yeah, the I dumbest. But okay, wouldn't advise. I, I, I'm, I'm getting off script for one minute, and I know Mike, you've seen this. Ray, you are blissfully unaware of social media and all the, and probably all the commentary comes out. Uh-huh. There has been more whining and crying from San Francisco <laughs> over the last two weeks. Uh, not just from fans and broadcasters, analysts, writers, but from their players who will not accept the fact that they lost to the Eagles, believe it only occurred because they lost their quarterback. Otherwise, they would have won the thing going away and have taken shot after shot at this Eagles team going into the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Now, ultimately, it means nothing because, I mean, 
you know, if somebody wants to believe the Eagles are getting a little bulletin board material over something that Brandon Ayuk is saying or Robbie Gould is saying or whatever, I guess we've seen dumber bulletin board material. But it's just infuriating to me how guys like Debo Samuel – wait, Debo Samuel went at it with Quez Watkins on yeah, Twitter? Yeah, Ray, little, how'd you miss this? What happened? <laughs> it's a little bit of a spat <laughs> yesterday. Well, uh, Quez Watkins just tweeted. He didn't tweet at anyone in particular. He said, take your L and STFU. We know what that means. Mm-hmm. Debo quoted it, said, put an at on it, need to know who you're talking to, uh, with tons of misspellings. Uh, and then Quez Watkins responded to that and said, at whoever's still whining about an old-ass game. That was uh, that was the end of that. Well, I'm with Quez. Me Mike, I, I'm sure you've seen it. It's Yes. I mean, I, I should just kind of laugh and walk away, but I, I just find their inability to handle a loss um, childish, foolish, yeah, annoying. It is. It is. And we're not in a society anymore, Glenn, where the expectation is that you would just ignore that, right? Because of social media, the expectation <laughs> oh. is you're supposed to respond in kind and yes. go back and forth, do what Quez Watkins did there. Yeah. And um, You're saying you know, people have I were a the, difficult time accepting a loss in society? Yeah, if I were the Eagles, I would. if I were any player in the Eagles, I would just tweet hashtag scoreboard and be done with it. Yeah, well, there you go. Okay, let's get Robert in Germantown. Robert, what's on your mind today? Hey, how nice to hear you guys having fun together again. It should Thank be you. illegal. Appreciate it. Ray, I thought you were supposed to be on a cruise ship somewhere warm by now. Yeah, my wife keeps reminding me of that. Um, we, 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 we will do that someday, Robert, but Super Bowl Super Bowl week is not the week to do that. Uh, I picture Marie at home right now. <laughs> yeah, she just, Frying pan in yeah, hand she just threw something at the yeah, radio. Right. Yeah, she, she's you screaming. Think this That's is right, funny? Robert. I'll give you funny. <laughs> Uh, Let the record state, Ray Dinger's wife is a lovely, charming woman who probably does Uh, have a little bit of anger right now. Uh, I'm sure it's all all good. Um, So anyways, thanks for the great commentary. I think one of the things that has not been said a lot, and I've been listening all week, um, I I don't view this game personally having a lot of passion because I don't really find a reason to hate the Kansas City Chiefs the way I would Tom Brady or the Mm. San Francisco you know, they were they were playing cheap and dirty and whining and all this kind of crap. I mean, Kansas City is a class team. For me, I view football in two ways, and we're going to see two systems go head-to-head, I think, and let's see what you say. I think we're going up against a chess master who plays a very sophisticated, elegant passing game, and then we're going up against a team that's the leading rusher. They're going to slam it down their throat if they need to, although they can be somewhat elegant too now and then. So we got two styles. I'm excited about the chess match part of it more than I am about I hate the Chiefs. Sure, I want the Eagles to win, but I'm looking forward to a, a real brilliant chess match. I love the word, the way you guys have used it. I think that's spot on. You know, it's funny when you say the chess match. I think that uh, you know, with Andy Reid, he's, he's a master tactician who's memorized every chess book there is and knows all his opening move and so on, except in those chess matches when there's the timer there. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you could run out of time. I picture Andy Reid kind of his hand hovering over there, like, what am I going to do? Time's running out. Uh, no, it, it's, a, it's a great point, Robert. And to his point of we don't have the animosity toward the Chiefs that we did toward the Patriots, I mean, there are the Andy Reid haters. None of us is among them, right? We bear. No. No. Exactly right. I believe earlier this week I watched you saying we should all spend a moment giving thanks to Andy Reid. Yeah, I posted a video to that effect. How'd that go over? 
Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I hope people understood the spirit in which it was in which it was done. Uh, I'm not speaking to Ray anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess Angelo did see it then. Yeah. Um, but um, what what I basically said was that I think that if you look at what the Eagles are now. Andy Reid's fingerprints are all over this team. I mean, they were a team that was – Andy brought a certain philosophy of, of, of how to build a team, and he brought in a certain uh, organizational mindset um, that took this team from where it was in 1999 to where it is now. And even though he's gone, you know, Jeff Lurie and Howie Roseman are largely following the Andy Reid blueprint here. So, you know, you think about the, your veteran, your core leaders on this team, Cox, Graham, Kelsey, Andy brought them here. You know, you, the statue outside the link, you know, Philly Special, Peterson and Foles, Andy brought them here. Um, in many ways, I mean, he sort of built, he sort of created the template that has taken this team to the playoffs year after year and won 10 NFC East championships. So, you know, I think... I don't expect anybody to be rooting for Andy. I don't expect any Philadelphians to be rooting for Andy once they kick it off. But what I was saying was, you know, just for a moment, before they kick it off, it wouldn't hurt to say, hey, Andy, thanks, because you helped get us here. Yeah, I'm not doing that, but I understand <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> no, so, uh, go ahead. Mike. Ray, I, I, no, I was just going to say, Ray, um, I'd be curious to your thoughts about this. I mean, you know exactly what Dick Vermeil inherited and what he did to turn the Eagles of the mid-1970s into a team that could reach the Super Bowl. I mean, the guy didn't have a first-round draft pick, I don't think, for the first three years uh, yeah, of his tenure as head didn't coach. Didn't have one until 79, right. There you go. Um, but I, you just laid out, I think, a really compelling case for why you, can, you might argue whether Andy Reid is the best coach in Eagles history, but he's probably the most consequential when you think of it that way, that, that when he came in, he, as you said, he laid the blueprint for what was to come and the and the formula that the franchise was going to to stick to to kind of maintain this level of competitiveness for as long as they have. So let me look at it. Let me ask you guys about it in another perspective. The last Super Bowl, which was the first one they ever won, which was the first championship the team had won since 1960, for most Eagle fans, the first they had ever seen. And what was so impactful f about it that I witnessed was people who got to watch it with their dads, with their grandparents, with their you know granddaughters, and so on. The generational right, uh, Ray, and and you know this because it was best exemplified by after the game, you being in Minneapolis, your son coming into the studio, and you two sharing that very very emotional moment, right. That I think you at the time you didn't understand why people would want to see that, but you were everybody. That was everybody in the Delaware Valley, and that was you. And by the way, I knew you were lying when you said you weren't a fan. So that, <laughs> but as you know, we argued about that for years, and it proved my point. Checkmate. Thank you. But in the larger scale, we've won one now. We got to experience that. That lifelong longing. Just give me one, and right. I'll be happy. We got it. Mm -hmm. So. How will this one be different for fans, Ray? Uh, I don't think it's going to be a whole lot different. I think the celebration will be just as jubilant. I think there'll be just as many people on Broad Street. I think there'll be just as many people climbing the poles. I think there'll be just as many people at the parade. Yeah, I, I don't think 
I don't in in this city with what this city feels uh, towards its football team. Uh, I don't think I don't think that winning a Super Bowl is something that will ever become old. I think every time it happens, I think it's going to be a cause for great celebration. And I think that people really, I think that the, you know, what's happened in this city now, uh, there's a real sense of, I don't, it's, it's, it's a very dynamic feeling that I'm getting in the city right now. And I think, it, I think it, part of it is it just sort of feeds off of the Phillies run. You know, what happened with the Phillies in September and, and the whole red October. And it fed right into the, you know, in the Phillies World Series, the Eagles are still the only undefeated team in the NFL, and then you just sort of step from one great moment into another. And I think it's kind of a cumulative thing that it's been building, and maybe that's part of the reason why the Philadelphia fans are so optimistic that you know, you know, maybe we aren't really the underdogs anymore. Maybe we can really win. You know, maybe we are really. Yeah, it's funny. I, maybe it's, we are really all that. It's, and I don't. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's a comfortable fit because it's certainly not the Philadelphia I grew up in. But I think that's part of it. But to your point and to your question, how is this going to be different than Minneapolis? Um, it won't be new, but I don't think it's. Go- I don't think that's necessarily going to make it any smaller. Mike, what do you think? I think it's a little bit different, only in that the dynamic of this team is different. Uh, I think. As you guys said, Glenn in particular, the the underdog pose is the natural one for Philadelphians to take. As yes. a kid growing up in the in the suburbs, for instance, I was a huge Flyers fan, and so when they made the finals in 1985 and 1987, as excited as I was about that, I also knew that going in, they weren't the Maserati franchise in the finals. The Edmonton Oilers were, and if the Flyers happened to win. Boy, that would be an incredibly great surprise, but you couldn't come away from that saying, well, they blew it. You know, they lost to the better team. For the first time in a long time, I think the perception is this Philadelphia team, these Eagles, are the better team. And so that's a little bit uncomfortable. Yes, that's how for a I lot feel. Of people. Yes. I mean, when I break it down dispassionately, I think, like, yeah, they're the better team. When I look at it as, you know, and listen, I'm both a broadcaster and a fan, and I don't shy away from that now. I'm, the you, newspaper guy's got to be different. I appreciate that. But it's, it's, I'm more comfortable having lived in this town for 30 plus years. I'm more comfortable. Lay, Ray, let's get the dog masks out. Mm-hmm. You know, we had those and they served us well. But that's not so going to that's not going to diminish the celebration. No, no, win, right? no. The celebration is one thing. To me, it's more the feeling going in of it's odd to be a favorite. Um, oh yeah, I felt I, I definitely yeah, feel yeah. that. Right. But but I do think I do think Ray that that element of nostalgia and emotion and that feeling of there were so many people who waited their whole lives to see this, and many of them didn't get to see it. So there was this feeling of oh my my grandfather would have loved to have seen this or my mom would have loved to have seen this. Because the Eagles won just five years ago, if they win again tomorrow, that aspect of it will be toned down a yeah. little bit. Yeah, I, I remember we had a caller after the Super Bowl, Ray, I don't know if you remember, who said that he went the next day or maybe even that night or the next morning uh, to the cemetery and sat next to his dad and talked to his dad's gravestone. Oh, sure. Said, dad, we finally got one. Oh, sure. I mean, there were, I remember the news coverage, the, the news coverage of – Going, going to cemeteries and how many people had Eagles jerseys draped over the headstone, yeah. their relatives, and how many at the parade 
of how many people were there with the ashes yep. of their. Yeah. And listen, at the moment that brought me to tears in Minneapolis was the moment when I hugged my son and I said that was for Grandpa. Right. I mean, those those I was that was there was those words that made me cry. Fortunately, in the five years since, we have not lost a lot of people. I mean, clearly, right. Some of us have, and but yeah. you know, it's it's not that same thing. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yes. Right. We'll take a break. We'll come back. 215-592-9494. By the way, this hour is sponsored by Meridian Bank. Innovative business banking for entrepreneurial success. With Ray Dinger here, Mike Sealski in Arizona. I'm Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.